out of all of the NFC teams, who is a sleeper to win the Super Bowl? We're going to discuss that on a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Let's roll, baby. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome in to a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland, here with my co-host, Alex Clancy, ready to break down some of the best conversations in the NFL with you guys. We are going to talk about a sleeper team that could win the Super Bowl in the NFC. Also, go over the top 10 players in the NFL according to a particular list, and we'll see if we agree with the rankings. And then finally, who is the best running back in the NFL, Alex and I will debate. Do want to thank you guys for making the Locked On NFL Podcast your first listen every day. Remember, Monday through Friday, NFL content on all apps, all year long, always for free. Make sure that you get subscribed and stay subscribed to the Locked On NFL Podcast. Shout out to our everydayers out there listening Monday through Friday. You're going to get an excellent episode tomorrow with your boy Q and Chris Carter breaking it down on the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. But... We got a big episode ahead of us right now, and Alex, I'm going to dive right in with you. We look at the NFC, and most people would probably be able to name the San Francisco 49ers, the Eagles, obviously, but we know that not every single year that the favorites are the ones who make it, so if there was a team outside of San Francisco and Philadelphia who you think might be a sleeper to make it to the Super Bowl, who do you think it might be? Tyler, for those everydayers who have listened to us now going on three seasons, I am a truther for one quarterback, and that quarterback uh, is kind of a goofball. Uh, He wasn't cool enough to be the quarterback for Sean McVay, but all he's done during the quote-unquote rebuild in Detroit, cultural, structural, functionality-wise, with Dan Campbell leading the charge and biting kneecaps, is Alliance. Like, here's the thing, and I know it's a long shot. We're talking about sleeper. But if you told me that the Lions were going to be the team that lost to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, I'd be like, okay. Because, again, there's another thing that I do mention here. It's Patrick Mahomes until it's not. It was it's Tom Brady until it's not. Now it's going to be Patrick Mahomes for the next 15 years until it's not. But for this exercise specifically, yeah, I'd like to see the Eagles do it again before really Mm -hmm. saying, okay, that's the team. No team in the NFC South is going to sniff it. Uh, maybe right. one team in the NFC West, in the NFC West, so it leaves a wide open possibility not only for the Jared Goff led Detroit Lions to win the NFC North, but also to position themselves as such to get a home playoff game with a raucous crowd in a brand new environment there in the Motor mm-hmm. City. And if you told me they made the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be shocked, especially with how they've drafted over the last couple of seasons. Obviously, pending what Jameer Gibbs can do. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. The Lions obviously are a team that, you know, the national consensus really enjoys. I think it would be incredibly fun and entertaining. And, you know, again, shout out to the everydayers. They know when they hear us on Thursday, a lot of the time we look at things through the lens of how entertaining is it going to be when we decide what teams we want to do this and want to do that. It's it, To me, it's all about being entertained. Uh, I think that it would be very entertaining and also this – 
this is my kind of selection here. I know what you said about the NFC West, but the Seattle Seahawks are my sleeper option. Jackson Smith and Jigba added. Look at those wide receivers. You know, you, how are you how are you going to argue against that being one of the top groups with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and now JSN? I think that Pete Carroll has shown that he's a, a quality enough coach to get the team there. They have Kenny Walker still. They add in Zach Charbonnet as another running back in the backfield. If Geno Smith can be, remember, when they were making it to the Super Bowl, it wasn't let Russ cook Russell Wilson at that time. It was game manager Russ, yeah. you know? It, right. it, it was a guy to run the ball, play action, hit open shots off of it. Basically, you either have an elite quarterback or you play this style of football where you have an incredible defense and a great running game and a game manager quarterback. We've seen this since all eternity, you know what I mean? So to me, Pete Carroll has shown that he can take that sort of setup as a team to the Super Bowl. I don't know if they would have the talent to beat any of the top three AFC teams, the Bengals, the Chiefs, or the Bills. That's why we didn't talk about the AFC, because there's right. nothing really to talk about. We know one of those three teams is going to make it out this year. But mm -hmm. for the NFC, I do think that the Seahawks, if they continue what they're building on defense, I like their offensive line from last year, which had a lot of young guys, two rookie tackles that you would think going in their second year are going to improve. I, I just think the formula for Seattle, we've seen it before. And in a weak NFC, if the Eagles have some injuries, the 49ers seem to have some major injuries every couple of years. It's like they go through it for some reason. So I, I could see Seattle, if those two top teams have some struggles, I think Seattle could stand on top at the end. I think the Lions are a great pick too, but I, I think Seattle is another option that they're, the path is there for them to be a good enough team in the NFC to make it. Yeah, and that's fair. I mean, I still think Jared Goff's a better quarterback than Geno Smith, so I'm erring mm -hmm. on the side of that with the with the comparison. But obviously, we've talked about this a bunch. The best on paper, talent-wise, offensive skill position players is Seattle. I mean, I just feel like mm -hmm. it's so deep. They're deep at every position. Their offensive line's getting better. Geno Smith is good enough. He's a B-minus quarterback. And that's great. He was a D-plus quarterback who couldn't get a damn job for 90% of his career until he signed when Russell Wilson got traded. So mm -hmm. I want G nothing but great things for Geno Smith. All he's done – I mean, what did he make, $13 million in his first 10 years? He made no right. money. Now he got paid. And you know what? If it doesn't work, who's going to be hunting for a quarterback next offseason with a whole bunch of picks? Seattle, because they're going to be so close. I like that because Seattle can play anywhere. You know I'm huge on being able – to have an offense that translates anywhere. And when you're a run yes. first team predominantly, even though you've got good offensive weapons on the outside in the slot, mm -hmm. you can win anywhere. So, but I will say that I just, you know, and I don't think like I'm going down the list here. Like I know that Chris Collinsworth called the Arizona Cardinals in 2006, the worst team to make a Super Bowl in, in, in from the, from the wild card position. I don't right. see a team outside of the top, like maybe Dallas. Well, Dallas will probably make right. the playoffs because the NFC is so bad right now. But, like, mm -hmm. I don't see another team that has enough talent to make a run. We, we, you want to say Chicago. I'm sure there's that, some Chicago I, That is the only like, team know, I was going to say. Yeah. The, the Bears, if all of their moves, they made so many right. moves and so many additions. If they hit, they've added talent, and if Justin Fields takes that next step, right. we could be looking back like, oh, how did we not see the Bears coming? So that's the sleeper, sleeper, sleeper. Right. But, I, I've been looking at on the list too. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like what we saw when Justin, when Justin Fields was great last year, it was incredible. Him in open right. space is almost getting to that Rondell Moore. And like, remember the guys I say, they're just gliding open. He's so <laughs> fast. 
Justin Fields is so fast and he's so big and he's got a big arm, but it feels like he forgot how to throw the football last year. Like he used to throw, I know he threw to a lot of op- a lot more open receivers at Ohio State, but he well, they to have no receivers in Chicago. So right. I get I get what you're saying that it's a balance between the two, but that's kind of the point here is that they've improved so much around him that we'll finally get to see what what it's about. And if if the fault was that they didn't have good enough receivers, and now that they have them, he can actually look more like he did in college. Right. Then to your point, we got it. We got a sleeper on our hands. But uh, with that being said, we are going to move forward in today's show. A recent list came out of the top 100 players in the NFL. We're going to look at the top 10 and see if we agree, disagree with some of the rankings, and then we'll debate the best running back in the NFL towards the end of the show. Before we get into that, though, do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. We are full swing into the Major League Baseball season, and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets, even if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today and... Be a great opportunity to bet on the Cincinnati Reds, who are on an 11-game winning streak, baby. The hottest team in the MLB. If you want to get a little piece of that winning streak, make sure that you don't miss your chance to snag that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Let's continue today's edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. We talked about some sleepers in the NFC that could make it to the Super Bowl, but now we want to talk about the top 10 players in the NFL. So, Alex, I guess just to get this started, what I got to do is I got to get you give you the list. So I'm going to go 1 to 10, and this list comes from Pete Prisco at CBS Sports. Shout out to Pete. But uh, number one, Patrick Mahomes. Number two, Josh Allen. Number three, Joe Burrow. Number four, Nick Bosa. Number five, Miles Garrett. Number six, Travis Kelsey. Number seven, Justin Jefferson. Number eight, Micah Parsons. Number nine, Aaron Donald. And number 10, Trent Williams. Is there anything that jumps out to you immediately? Aaron Donald should not be in the top 10. Ooh. We're we're living in the past. We're living that we're living like last year he was injured, sat out. We, we don't know what the future is, even though they say it's gonna be whatever. Right. I, I think that's one. I almost think that Justin Jefferson should be higher. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, and it's the yeah. weird thing because you have to go quarterback centric. I would go Patrick Mahomes one, obviously. I think mm-hmm. Josh Allen maybe outside, like be number five. Like, I know that Josh Allen has been great in the regular season. This right. isn't a regular season award. This mm-hmm. is what we've seen. Through 18 weeks with a bye, right. Josh Allen is great during the first 10 weeks, and then he falls off that cliff, okay? like And Justin Jefferson has proven, even though I said I would start, remember last week, best receiver in the NFL, I said, is Jamar Chase, who I'd want to start a, a team against, a team with. What he's done with Kirk Cousins as his quarterback, with a target yeah. share, I think Justin Jefferson should be higher. Aaron Donald, out of the top 10. And there's one name that I will say after you go through yours, your thoughts, of who 100% should be in the top 10. Who is 
Oh, you want me to guess? No, I want you to give me your thoughts, and and we can we can go into the one <laughs> that'll open up a whole other can of worms when I give the name. Right. Well, I'm with you there. I, I and I've said this since the end of last season. Honestly, even before the playoffs played out, I think Joe Burrow is better than Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. So to me, it should be Patrick Mahomes and then Joe Burrow. And I think whether you, I mean, look at how far their teams go. The Bengals have made the Super Bowl run. The Bengals played the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game multiple times. To me. Joe Burrow is ahead of Josh Allen. He's gone through more. He's had lesser rosters around him. And he's won more. So, to me, it's just hands down. Joe Burrow is better than Josh Allen. That's the number one thing. I'm with you. I think that Justin Jefferson should probably be number five. Like, I would swap him and Miles Garrett so that it went Justin Jefferson at five, Travis Kelsey at six, Miles Garrett at seven. I think that's what I would do. Uh, But finally, what I want to say is Micah Parsons. It's funny you pointed out Aaron Donald. And as you explained, maybe it's Aaron Donald that I should be supplanting here because Micah Parsons is great. But I feel like he's a cowboy. He gets that cowboy bump. 13 and a half sacks last year is awesome. But I I just feel like some of these top guys, you know, Bosa had 18 and a half. I think you got to break that 15 mark if you're Micah Parsons and take that next step as a pass rusher. To me, I look at TJ Watt. He He wasn't healthy. He only played 10 games last year, but he was the defensive player of the year in 2021. So if we're looking at 2023, I think a player like TJ Watt should have made it into the top 10, whether that's over Micah Parsons or over Aaron Donald, obviously can be debated, but I would have had TJ Watt in there. So that's the number one guy that I thought should be in that was. Yeah. And I mean, I think Trent Williams, because they didn't have an offensive lineman in there, he's obviously the best left tackle right. in the game still at 175 right. years old. He's just an absolute, and he's got, very good. he's so fast. You know, he's just, he's great. Now, the thing is, the one person who I would have put in, and I, but I think Micah Parsons is more than just a pass rusher. What he's right. doing right. in Dallas has transcendent possibilities, especially mm-hmm. when he has the guys that are healthy around him. If Trevon Diggs can play full seasons and not just be yeah. a pro bowler with a bunch of interceptions and get burned for, for deep touchdowns like he's known to have a proclivity to do. Why is Fred Warner not in the top 10? Like, I, I don't I don't understand at this point. Bobby Wagner got all the flowers as an inside linebacker when he was great. Yeah. Okay. And I know it was part of the Legion of Boom with Cam Chancellor and and uh, Earl Thomas and Richard and Richard Sherman and the whole great thing. He was one piece of the cog. Fred right. Warner is a top three linebacker in football. Probably so number why, one. like well, and I know that I know what Nick Bosa there, and I know what Trent Williams. They got a lot of stars in San Francisco. Like I don't right. know, and I, and I know that they, you probably don't want to put that many players in the top ten. When is Fred Warner going to get his love? Like he's thirty seven on this list. Just so you I know, don't get but it. I don't get it. But I'm and I'm scrolling through quickly. If you look at off ball inside, yeah. like, I guess I know if, if you count position. Micah Parsons, yeah. it, then it, but Micah Parsons special. What makes him special is adding the pass rush. But Fred Warner is technically the number one all-ball linebacker on the list, and depending on what you consider Michael Parsons. So you're not wrong that he is clearly the best linebacker in the league. The list agrees with you there. But 37 all the way up to top 10. I understand what you're saying. The, the value running back and linebacker are like the same right now, where the what they actually provide to a football team is kind of lost on like maybe like the because fantasy has gotten so big and the yeah. analytics. It's just hard to track for the casual, for average people. You know, obviously these teams have crazy analytics that they can track these certain things, but the value of linebacker um, is kind of like running back in the sense it's been devalued in a certain way that 
maybe doesn't reflect the actual impact on the team. Yeah. Warner might be a good. Yeah, maybe top ten's too high. Maybe top, I, I just think like, and I think that was just right. that was just a built up thing because we, I mean, we watch from here. You know, we watch the Cardinals play the 49ers every year, and the mm-hmm. dude like Brian Pierre and I have talked about him since his rookie year. It's like, and, and you know, and uh, and Croc too locked on 49ers. Like, why is this dude not getting love? And he finally got paid, right. you know. But like, yep, that he's usually an absolute does terror. He's an absolute yeah. terror, and I don't care what position he plays. Yeah, no, you're 100% right on that. But yeah, those are just things that stood out. Again, shout out to Pete Prisco for the list. Not trying to tear yep. it all apart or anything. Just yeah, uh, yeah. appreciate, you know, uh, putting a list together. It's a hard thing to do. Top 100 players to so check that out if you want to see the rest of the list. But we're going to move forward with another little uh, positional debate here. Who is the top running back in the NFL? And I'm not even going to front to you guys. A little bit of home cooking is coming your way. So we're going to get into that in just a moment. All right. Hey, beginning and end. Yeah. So (laughs) here we go. Uh, Alex Lancey, Tyler Rowland. We are Locked on NFL Thursday. Thank you for making Locked on NFL your first listen each and every day. Free wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Follow him on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Locked on Cardinals for me. Locked on Titans for him. Uh, Going on the third year here on Thursdays. And it's the best day of the week for me. So, you know, what what we're doing here is this little mini you know, series, I guess. Last segment of the next handful of podcasts we did, best mm-hmm. wide receiver in the NFL. Last week in the third segment, we're doing best running back in the NFL this week. And before Tyler says Derrick Henry, let me give my thoughts, okay? So there's you, there's a couple different ways you can go, you can go about this. And I think we're going to mm-hmm. do it as if it's Madden on easy. No injuries, nothing like that. When on the right. field, who is the best running back? Not all around. Just best running back, whatever skill set that person may provide his team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a couple different ways you can go. Uh, there, It's interesting, though. There are only a handful of bona fide proven RB1s in the league. A lot of rookies, oh, yeah. a lot of second-year guys, a lot of, lot of running back by committees, things like that. Like, you need to see year two from rookies before you can crown any of them. Look at what happened when Jonathan Taylor last year obviously got injured. He was the fantasy darling. It feels like whenever there's a fantasy football number one overall pick darling, that player has a terrible year. You know, right. LaDainian Tomlinson, guys like that who just produce no matter what. It's, it's a different era for running back. So for me, I'm still going to say Christian McCaffrey. And, and the reason why is when he's healthy, he could touch the ball 30 times and have 200 all-purpose yards every week. And it wouldn't even look like it look like light work because he's put on so much muscle since his rookie year. Even though he was a big guy coming out of Stanford, he put so much muscle on. When he's healthy, the dude is the best running back in the league still. And, I mean, I could have said Nick Chubb, you know, who's more of a traditional running back between the tackles, doesn't have that breakaway speed. Here does Christian McCaffrey, really. But if I need three runs or three passes to the to the running back in a must-get first time, I'm choosing Christian McCaffrey. And I get it. I get the versatility argument. I truly do. But Christian McCaffrey does not have the impact on a defense that Derrick Henry does. 84% of the snaps that Derrick Henry is on the field, there's eight men in the box. Nobody bends a defense just because they're on the field the way that that Derrick Henry does from the running back position. Let me just, again, I told you, some home cooking coming up, people. So, So don't be mad at me. I warned you. Since Derrick Henry really broke out, which was 
like week 14, 2018. Shout out to my guy, Sean, from Titans Wire. Since that time, Derrick Henry has played 64 games. So we're talking about 2019 all the way to now. Derrick Henry's played 64 games, and he has 7,000 rushing yards, 900 receiving yards, 8,100 total yards, 66 rushing touchdowns, 71 total touchdowns. I mean, he has been an absolute dominant force when the entire, and it's the Titans had A.J. Brown, but other than A.J. Brown, it's been a while since they had anybody who the defense Barry really Sanders-ish. had to respect in the passing yeah. game. It, yeah, it, yeah it, it's Barry Sanders-ish in the sense of the entire team is planning on stopping one person, and somehow they still can't. And Derrick Henry went for 370 yards, and they said the curse of 370, and he broke his foot, and everybody was laughing. Well, Derrick Henry came back last year, the worst offensive line in the NFL, the second-worst pass offense in the NFL, and he still ran for 1,500 yards, 10-plus touchdowns, led you in your fantasy league. He even set career highs in catches and receiving yards, over 30 catches, 398 receiving yards, I think. So he got even better as a receiver. The team was awful, and he still produced at a high level. And all the while, the only person on the entire offense that the defense gives a damn about is Henry. So, like, I just think he's in a tougher situation and still is just as productive or more productive than any other back in the league. He's a legendary unicorn, and I think he's the best running back in the NFL. Sorry for the home home cooking, everybody. Tyler, tell me why you're wrong. Okay, well, why I would be wrong is uh, because they give the guy the ball so much that obviously he's going to get production if they're literally just going to hand him the ball 25 times a game. Also, he doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield, which limits his versatility. He can't really be on the field on third downs consistently, which is the money down, which is the most important. I I totally understand the arguments against him, but at the end of the day, you have this guy and this guy on a scale, and I just think the Derrick Henry stuff, because McCaffrey has his own flaws with the injuries and the inconsistency. Mm-hmm. And if a team is really good in run defense, they can kind of shut him down. He's not going to run through a bunch of tackles all the time. So both guys have their, I, c- I could understand why anybody would argue CMC because of the versatility and just his overall talent. I don't want just want to say he's versatile. No, he's great too. But mm-hmm. uh, I also think that Nick Chubb, like, I just want to say this. If you block the play well, there is no better running back to have the ball in his hands than Derrick Henry. If you blocked it well, Derrick Henry might stiff on three guys and go 90 yeah, yeah. yards. Sure. But if you didn't block it well, the best guy I think to have in the league is Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. And I think in Titans land, that might be a bit controversial, but I think Browns fans will appreciate that. With a bad offensive line, I think Nick Chubb would be better than Derrick Henry. But with a good offensive line, Derrick Henry would be better than Nick Chubb. So, yeah. And that's fair. That's how and that's I feel fair. about that. I just wanted yeah. to give Chubb his due because he deserves to be mentioned. Yeah, of course. No, and, and I see that. I mean, we're splitting hairs here. I mean, it's really, it's yes. really, you know, preference. But, but with yeah, with Derrick Henry, it, game flow, game flow matters. If they're down yeah. ten points with four minutes left, he may not be on the field, and right. that's something right. that the best running back in the NFL that should never be the case. Most yeah, important downs, the best running back on the field. But I, I get it. If you're a dictionary yep. definition guy, the one of the weirdest running back stories, this makes Peyton Hillis look normal. Like Derrick Henry looked to be a bust for a year and a half. Yeah. And then yes. DeMarco Murray got out of there and then just look at what happened. And the yep. dude is now, you know, heralded having the best. It even took some stretch. time after that. Yeah, 2018, they wanted to give Derrick Henry the, 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 you know, 
the job and through like five or six games, people were talking about getting Dion Lewis on the no, I was going to say, was it Dion terrible. Lewis? Yeah, that's right. And then Eddie George called Derrick Henry famously and said, you're not just running to get yards, you're running for your career. And since then, which is basically what we talked about the week 14 against Jacksonville, when Derrick Henry kind of went nuts, since that moment, in my opinion, he's been the best running back in the NFL ever since. So, but I, yeah. I, I get your yeah, argument. And I, and I, yeah, and I, I do need to give an honorable mention. There's two, because, like, here's the thing. What's the uh -huh. perfect percentage? What is it, like, 75 running, 25% catching? Because the honorable mention for me would be Austin Eckler, but he's more of a Chris Thompson who runs the ball. You know, like, Austin Eckler catches the ball. He's going to yeah. catch the ball 12 times a game. The majority right. of them are going to be behind the line of scrimmage. He's going to be misused. He's probably underused in L.A. Because they're not utilizing yeah. him the right way, even though his numbers in Ooh. fantasy are gaudy. But my real honorable mention is is Dalvin Cook because he learned how to catch the ball. We right. talked about right. this. Like in Florida, it never really was his thing. You know, it was an accent. The last couple years, he's come in and he's now a bona fide ball catcher out of the backfield. And yeah. in space, Dalvin yep. Cook is top three in the league at, um, you know, avoiding contact, being elusive, mm -hmm. things like that. Like. Dalvin Cook is going to be severely underrated until he retires, and I'm curious to yeah. see where he's going to land so we can actually maybe maximize a little bit more than what happened in Minnesota. Yeah, that will be interesting to see. The last person I want to say, just back to your thing, it's not a percentage, but you know who might show us the best balance between running and catching? Bijan Robinson. Oh, stop so that'll be interesting to see what he brings to the table. But that is going to do it for us today on a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Again, make sure that you tune in tomorrow for Friday's edition with your boy Q and Chris Carter. As they always send jabs my way. Unbelievable. <laughs> the betrayal that happens on Fridays. My Lord. But uh, with that being said, though, obviously, like I always like to say, start your weekend early on Thursday. Everybody stay safe out there and enjoy the weekend.